Stories are powerful. Powerful. Welcome to the Rise, Recover, Live podcast brought to you by The Phoenix. This is a space where people impacted by substance use can come to share their story of strength and resilience, get open and honest, and inspire hope and build community through shared experience. We'll be talking to people in our community on their own recovery journey and shine a light on the topic of recovery in all its forms. Maybe you'll hear some of your story in theirs. Let's show the world that together we rise, recover, and live. Yo, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of Rise, Recover, Live, the podcast. I am the co-hostess with the mo-hostess, Bryce Third. Liz is not here. This is a bonus episode. It's a quick snippet. Earlier this year, I went to a conference called Mobilize Recovery. This is the second time I've been to Mobilize Recovery. As a matter of fact, Liz and I both met at Mobilize Recovery 2021 in Las Vegas, and that's where a conversation uh, took place between the two of us that uh, eventually ended up in the cultivation of this podcast, this show. If it wasn't for Mobilize Recovery, there wouldn't be Rise Recover Live, or maybe it would be, but it wouldn't be Liz and Bryce. Anyways, I give you all of this context because today's bonus episode is one of the many stories that I captured from that conference. Sitting in that room, I set up and I had this podcast space across the hall from the main stage. And we just opened it up for people who were coming to this conference to come into the space and share their stories with me. It was a wonderful opportunity to get to know people, get to know why people are coming to this conference. Uh, Ryan Hampton is a, is a dope individual and the community that he's built in Mobilize Recovery is phenomenal. And so there's so many different stories. People come because they're in personal recovery. People come because maybe they're a bereaved parent. People come because they're pushing for policy change. And it was just like a dice roll. You never knew who was about to share what when it came to that space. And so thinking about after that event, how I wanted to use the content that I captured to be able to create community with you all, the listeners here, and with those that were in that space. I was trying to figure out, do I want to compile the stories together or do I want to like drop individual stories? And there's some stories that were shared that definitely deserved an individual space. And this story that we're sharing out today to begin our share out of the Mobilize Recovery 2023 content that we captured was one of those stories that just deserved their own episode. So without further ado, the first story from the Mobilize Recovery 2023 podcast based on Rise Recovery of the podcast is my guy, Randy Beard. Enjoy. All right. First and foremost, my friend, what is your name and where are you from? My name is Randy Beard. I'm from Portland, Maine. I now live in Auburn, Maine. Okay. Okay. What brings you, Randy, to Mobilize 2023? Um, I'm a person in... Well, I just, as of July 24th, I just came up on my four years sobriety. Nice. Um, But I was also a person with 36 years of substance use disorder, severe mental health, and 25 years of being a person of the unhoused community. Um, And I had people, two people that are no longer with us, Carrie Morissette and Jesse Harvey, who were both part of the Recovery Advocacy Project. Um would check on me every day because I was the old G that was down sleeping on the sidewalk, who was sick every day, who had to did what I had to do to keep my disease under control, whether it be sell drugs, rob people, steal, just not be right in life, but it kept me from being sick. They came down and checked on me every mm-hmm. single day and tried to offer me a solution when nobody else would and the general public just wasn't 
willing to hear it. And as far as the general public was concerned, I would be better off dead. But they, sh they actually seen me and they would listen to me and I felt heard. Um, and I continued that way, but they continued to check on me. And then one day, it was July 24th, 2019, which is my daughter's birthday. I was actually going to be able to see my daughter. And after 20 years of missing her birthdays, I was excited. I actually had some money on me. And I decided I couldn't go see her unless I was well, because I couldn't handle being with her for the whole entire night mm. and be sick. So I went to my plug and he offered me a deal and I'm thinking like, I'll flip it real quick, but this monkey can't sell bananas. Um, and I ended up using almost everything I had. Then one of my mental health issues is severe depression and it got the best of me. And I proceeded to do a pure shot of pure fentanyl to commit mm. suicide. Um, and that just shows where our substances can take us to the point where I was so greedy that I was going to end my life on my daughter's birthday. Mm. Something that would um, affect her for the rest of her life. A random person found me and gave me CPR until the EMTs came and left. And uh, the EMTs, when I came back through, the EMTs said they couldn't believe I had come back. And I knew I had drugs on me and I was being, I was street smart. So I signed myself out of the ambulance, not taking their advice that I would probably go back out after the Narcan wore off and stuff. But I opened the ambulance doors and there was a police officer there and all the drugs I had in my person, he had on his hood and he said, if you're not going to the hospital, you're going to jail. Mm. And I went to jail and they didn't care that I wasn't, I was gonna probably go back out. They just threw me into population and needless to say for the next two to three weeks, I laid on the cell floor in my own vial, my own piss and just detoxed. All they gave me was dry Gatorade and Benadryl. And uh, it was before they were letting any medications go into the prisons and the jails. And with modern technology, I didn't know any numbers or in my phone and I didn't have any money on my books, so I couldn't call nobody. And they sat there and kept me there for six months while they globalized 35 years of charges. So when I finally was able to get a court-appointed lawyer, he got a hold of my ex-wife and I asked her to get a hold of my daughter. And my daughter had come to the conclusion that I was probably dead in the woods somewhere because I had never got a hold of her because of my life of substances and mental health. She just dealt with it and moved past it, grieved me, and then I called her out of nowhere. I am so happy to say she came out down to the jail and she bailed me out and got me out of jail. And um, I got out and I never had any place to go. Whenever I got out of jail or prison, I always went right back to the streets because that's all I knew. But this time I was doing a bed to bed into a sober house and I was doing it. And while I was at the sober house, I found an apartment up in the woods in Maine. I didn't have a vehicle, so I figured it was perfect. And I moved up there and COVID hit, so we really couldn't get out anyway. So I um, was just kept going with my sobriety. And then a friend of mine passed away with fentanyl laced antibiotics. <clears throat> and we decided we were going to have a celebration of life for him in the projects that I did live in. And like there was four of us. And within a week, we had 100 people 
and we had 400 names of people who passed away. Mm. Um, and we turned our little four-person group into a group called Recover Together on Facebook. And within two weeks, that was on February 12th. And within two weeks, we had a thousand people in the group and 600 names of people who had passed away. So we decided to have a massive celebration of life on Black Balloon Day, which is March 6th. And um, we made sweatshirts. We took it all out of my own pocket. And uh, we had a thousand people show up. We had every news station in New England come, every newspaper. Uh, we had speakers. I didn't know any of these people. I was a drug dealer, a homeless person. I ran into shadows. But the word just got out. It spread like wildfire. And uh, I met somebody named Courtney Allen that day. And Courtney's one of the top dogs in the Recovery Advocacy Project. Mm -hmm. She asked me to go to Las Vegas with her that year in like just a few weeks. And I was like, you're going to take somebody like me to Las Vegas? And I didn't want to go, but she said, well, I already bought your ticket. I already got your motel there. <laughs> so I went and um, I was nervous, but I met people just like me. Mm. And I seen that people could change. And I met Ryan Hampton. I met Gary and... Then I met 20 people, 20 other Mainers, because Maine's a big state. It's just very spread out. Um, but I met 20 other people in Maine that all had the same story as me. And they all wanted the same thing as me to make us any kind of difference. Use whatever platform we had to make a difference. To, if we could just save that one person who randomly saved my life, and mm. I did a good job. There's 22 million people in the United States in recovery. If all 22 million of them people save one person's life, it's a lot of lives that we can save. Um, so I just kept going and I kept getting more into it. I signed up for college with my daughter at 48 years old. Um, mm. As of this fall, I will be graduating with a psychology degree. What? I own my own sober house. I work at a six month residential treatment program for men with substance use disorder who do bed to beds from federal and state prisons. Um, I work for the Maine Recovery Advocacy Project. I honor my friend Jesse Harvey and Carrie Morissette who helped get me off the streets. I honor their names by working at the Church of Safe Injection, which is a harm reduction facility where I'm a peer na navigator, where I go out to the front lines. I, I call it, I run towards the bullets. A lot of people say they do the work, but when you're a peer navigator and peer support person and you go into the trenches and you go to these homeless encampments and these tent cities and you just show the people that they're people mm. and you love them unconditionally because me coming from that spot and not having that aside from Carrie and Jesse was what I call quicksand. The more I struggled, the quicker I sank. Mm. And I just, I want to give back. And the best way for me to do it is to tell my story, being real, being honest and doing that frontline work. You know, I, I can honestly say I, work about 20 hours a day. And I absolutely love every moment of the day. To see the light come on in somebody's eyes when they get it, there's nothing more rewarding. I don't need to be paid, you know, just to see that happiness and to see their family's happiness. And like right before I came in here, I had somebody call me. I didn't know the person. They called me on Facebook and said, you know, I have somebody I'd like to get into detox. Well, I was waiting for you to come in. Mm -hmm. Within two minutes, I got that person into detox because mm. of the connections I've made. Yeah. And that, and I'm just an average person. If one person can do it, like this weekend, the big book's here. 
An inanimate object has saved millions of people. Imagine what a person can do. If I can tell anybody to do anything, it's just, just smile at somebody, listen to somebody, love somebody, show them that you care, show them that they're a person. Because when we're unhoused, when we deal with substance use disorder, when we deal with other mental health issues, we lose all sense of pride, self-esteem, and the stigma we get, especially if you, I call it the triple crown. You know, if you got all three, the stigma that gets sent against you is terrible. And I want to change the stigma. I'm part of the Maine Recovery Advocacy Project. I help fight for a law that now in Maine, everybody gets a free phone call from jails and prison mm. so they can call their daughter so their, da their daughter don't think they're dead. Mm. I help fight for the strongest good Samaritan law in the United States where anybody, as long as they don't have a child charge, a domestic violence or a serious crime like murder and stuff like that, if they call 911 during the scene of an overdose, nobody can be arrested. They can't, their bail can't be revoked. They can't be in trouble for um, probation. The main thing is to save that life. Yeah. You know, and no, and I'm a person from the streets who has a career criminal record, who is a drug dealer, who is, just wasn't a good person in life. And if I can do this, I want other people to know they can, mm. you know, and I just want to, make a difference in one person's life to make up for that one person who saved my life. And if I keep going every day, I think I'm going to do it. Mm. And I can honestly say today, I'm proud of myself. Mm. Yeah. It took me a long time to say that. Mm. And if I wake up tomorrow, if I go to bed tonight sober and I wake up tomorrow sober, then I got through the day. And that's how I live my life. One day at a time, sometimes one breath at a time. I was able to see my mother right before she passed away. She never got to see me get sober. And I got to go in and she had Alzheimer's and dementia, but I told her that I had got sober. And I think she realized, she heard me and she passed away right after I told her. Mm. And I'm not, from what I've seen, I mean, I was molested as a young boy. I, you know, it, I could have never believed in a God because why would God do that to somebody? But that moment, something spiritual happened to me and I don't preach spirituality I don't preach religion I don't preach abstinence I don't preach harm reduction I preach whatever works for each person is the path that that person should take and I'm a recovery coach now I'm actually a coach of vision where I train recovery coaches I learn so much every time I come here and this is what I think I was meant to do in life. I think that my hardships weren't predestined for me to do what I'm doing now. And I really, I'm thriving on it and I'm living instead of waiting to die. I'm learning how to live instead of waiting to die. And mm. that's a good feeling, bro. I know I'm good with that. And I call it, I'm trying to get even with the house for all the bad I did, just in case there is that higher power, just in case there is that judgment day, I want to get even with the house before it's my time to go, and I'm gonna do it. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly believe not only are you gonna do it, but I think you, you're already, you've already done quite a bit. And 
from hearing your story, it's been an absolute honor to hold space for you to be able to share your story. And I'm speechless. <laughs> I'm speechless. I, I know you mentioned a couple of times, like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, like, but it's not no just to it. Like, you are the one that this message needs to come from. You are the one whose story I, I need to hear from you. You are the one that needs to be doing the work, how you went out to Vegas. And I was like, why you want to take somebody like me? Of course, of course, because you are, you are in action with all the, where everybody is talking about at this conference. Like you are that in action. You are living proof. Just you existing is a beacon of light and hope, you know? So uh, yeah, man, you are, you are you are something else, and I I, I really appreciate you coming to share your story. Well, I appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, I really do. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. I just want to get it out there. Yes, sir. Like I said, if I can affect one person, then I'm good. I yeah. feel good about that, and I'm. I'll share my story a million times if I can touch one person's life. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sitting on the couch with me. After, I will sit on this couch all day. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, uh, do you want to uh, drop where people can find you? Is that something that's important to you? Or do you want to leave them with one one word of wisdom before you go? You can join my group on Facebook. It's Recover Together. It's all one word. It's R-E-C-O-V-E-R, the number two, G-E-T-H-E-R. So kind of recover together. <laughs> um, and we do everything. We help from incarceration to reentry to sober living to detox to residential treatment program we have people with lived experience we have just parents we have professionals we have political people um it's an absolute beautiful thing full thing you know if i can say one thing i want to say it to the parents and the loved ones of people who battle substance use disorder i'm going to say it from everybody we're sorry. Yeah. That's from everyone. Because we are. So now you're excited. Bryce, Liz, how do I get involved with the Phoenix? Well, my friend, it is super simple. We actually have an app. Head over to the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store or look in the show notes of this podcast, wherever you're listening to or watching this podcast, and go download the Phoenix app. The Phoenix app makes it so easy to find classes that are near you or to access our virtual class schedule where you can hop on from the comfort of your home. You can also join our groups and have a conversation with someone from the Phoenix community from anywhere in the world. Please make sure that you join the podcast group where you can connect with Bryce and I and other listeners. Everything that you need is in the show notes. You can also head to our website at www.thephoenix.org. And maybe while you're there, you click the volunteer tab and get even more involved. <laughs>